You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast. The entire crew is here and kind of, I'm kind of excited about this uh, podcast. We had a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, by the way, real uh, quick uh, note for everybody. The uh, Sooner Scoop store is uh, going to be fully stocked by the end of today, Wednesday. Um, we've got a big order in, so all of our stuff, the, the wagon, the retro helmet, uh, the Lindsay Street, we h- will have full sizes from small to triple X uh, in stock by tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning. And we've also got 20% off right now using the code SCOOP20. Uh, Eddie has been a model. Uh, he's, he's had a quite successful first <laughs> Added modeling to the resume. campaign. Well, that wasn't my first modeling campaign. I, yeah. Influencer of the year. Influencer of the year thing, yeah. But even before that, I, I did some modeling when I was uh, younger as a child. <laughs> really? <laughs> right. Let's get into right. this. Well, I mean, I just, it, it was. Uh, Sears, Sears catalog. I don't, I don't even remember what it was at. It was at a place in Oklahoma City. You just went to Olin Mills. And I, no, it, I, I walked down this thing and they were like, we'd love to have you. We want you to sign a contract. And uh, I didn't do it is because like I was where playing you went baseball like, at a time. Is this where time. you like went to like a model uh, hunt day at Crossroads Mall? No, they can't. They came and found me. And then I, I did this little thing like down the runway and they came back. They're like, we'd love to sign you. And I, I couldn't do it. I had other extracurricular activities Ooh, at we, the time. We have been buzzing. Sliding doors moment. I, I think I probably... Sliding doors moment I mean, I, I definitely probably avoided being child <laughs> raped and trafficked oh, as a... God. Whoa, I wasn't going... I mean, I'm just using the word trafficked. Well, the guy that did it, his name was Jeffrey looking back on it, and I kind of <laughs> wonder, was that Jeffrey Epstein? But oh, probably God. not. And that's <laughs> how we start. But that is a true story. I, I did do that. My mom could back me up on that. We have been uh, buzzing this morning. I, I, I think we've... We've, uh, you know, on on several occasions expressed it's the holiday season. Expressed our love for Crossroads Mall back in the day, and you know, I, we mentioned like I wanted to make the hat wall again from the old Athletic Village, Olympic Village, uh, which then, was always awesome walking into. Right, uh, yep. but like we, Eddie just informed us of something amazing this morning. Thank you, Eddie. That Potentially there, amazing. Well, there's a semi-pro league coming to Oklahoma City, the Oklahoma City Wranglers, and uh, they are going to be playing their home games at Crossroads Mall this year. They're building an 8,400-seat stadium out there. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Is, is it like in the parking lot? Or I think so. It's going to be open air. the mall? No, it's not inside the mall. It's outside the mall. It's like on the southern, I think just in the big parking lot. I there. know. I mean, That like massive. backs up to the, uh, 
what is that? The the movie theater in the Texas Roadhouse. Okay, yeah. Like in between mm-hmm. that and the mall. Isn't that all curvy though? Like, yeah, it I is. have no idea. It, it, it is like, like hilly. I mean, uh, it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, like like the old crown on Owen Field. Like when you couldn't see when you were on one side, you could barely see the heads of the guys <laughs> That'd be on amazing. the other side. That'd be amazing if they did that. Yeah, they're they're having like a, it's a professional spring league. I don't I don't know who they're playing and stuff like that, but it's part of the UFL. I don't know. United, is that hmm. the United Football League? Is that what that stands for, I guess? I mean, you know, with all the overflow of players from the XFL and the USFL, I mean, how could it not be awesome? I think it's a 20-year agreement to uh, build the stadium. I don't know how that works, though. Like, what? I don't know who's funding it and stuff like that. That league will not last more than two years. <laughs> sure, you can make it 100-year year all year. Maybe, they'll, maybe they'll take down the NFL. <laughs> Uh, the other thing that's awesome happening in the office right now is uh, six-man football in the state you of watching Texas. watching Josh? Is on. Yeah, like, Benjamin and Lorraine. Three touchdowns in the first three minutes. There's only 10-minute quarters. The 1A state championship. I mean, it was, there's, towns are shrinking to the size. Like, eight-man is like, there's too many people. We can't even do eight-man football. Texas has always played six-man. Have they? I think yeah. it's... It's like when Oklahoma did three-on-three uh, three basketball. Oh, with like the uh, like <laughs> women's teams and stuff? Like de- de- they had, you played defense or you played, played de- offense, yep. yeah. I think that they... Like Duncan was one of the last schools that hung on to that. I never realized that that was even a thing. Like, I think I was too young to... It, yeah, it stopped like in the mid '90s, though, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was right after. I, I, they, when I was in high school, they were still doing it. Yeah, or I maybe say, I don't even remember that. Yeah, it was wild. I mean, like I've heard the stories from Barry. Yeah, that's, that's how I know of it. So yeah, you just—it was like you only stayed on one half of the court. You either played defense <laughs> or you played offense. So, uh, all right, so. Getting down to it, we got all kinds of stuff going on. Transfer portal is out there. We've been tracking that. Uh, we got some uh, potential basketball arena stuff to talk about that's flowing around out there. Which I, I did almost hit the lottery coming down to Norman today. I hit five consecutive green lights on Lindsay Street from Elm to Jenkins, which I I, truly, I don't believe it. As many times as I've gone down, I don't know if I've ever done. I don't done think it. that that's ever happened. Like I went. Do you just come that way just to go by the football stadium? Yeah, just see what's going on. Just see, what, just see what's happening. You see, that is such <laughs> that an is inefficient not... way to get here. Well, I I was I was gonna get down here at like ten thirty, and I was like, well, I'll just run by the stadium real quick and see what's happening. See if they need my help with anything. Yeah, taking, and then I come back up Jenkins. They're taking to their finals. Corner. I mean, I could see you, you know, needing to check in on campus since you got left off of the fifty. You know, greatest influencers in Oklahoma City. Well, it's most influential. Uh, oh, okay. Or powerful, I think was the word. Most powerful 50. I, I meant to I only this. want to get on the, uh, I, as long as I get on the Friday paper and their installment of the 50, I don't care. I, I, I wanted to tell you that we, did, we declined to buy the full page ad in that, and that's why you didn't make it. Well, maybe we need to revisit that next year in 2023. <laughs> that policy. It would be very important. It's very important to me to get we on that list. We have construction crews coming next week, so, you know, we got we to gotta save some There's money. Not, there wasn't a lot of people in the R's. <laughs> well, I saw, your, I saw Mr. Colorado State. The Radosevich family has a new uh, college football team. For yeah, with, we're Colorado State people now. We're going to have to get up to uh, Fort Collins, Trevor Radosevich, uh, the kid the, from where, – where was he at? Penn? Penn? Or Yale. Yeah, no, he was at Penn. Penn. He's at yeah, Penn University, Penn. Yeah. headed to uh, play for Colorado State. I don't think Oklahoma ever uh, rattled the cages there. Let me let me throw this out there. Okay, so the big news out there, they get the McCullough brothers. 
uh, one of the linebacker from Indiana. Uh, Josh, how high is the the Indiana transfer McCullough on the transfer portal scale to you? I I put it in these terms. I think he's the best front seven defender in the portal. Yes. Like that that's how special that dude is. I mean, Feels he like is it's, it's, I feel like it's gone under the radar to a certain extent. Maybe not to Oklahoma or maybe not like nationally with people that pay attention to the portal, but just a generic Oklahoma fan looks at it and goes, "Oh, this kid from Indiana." Indiana's I feel like it's been good. I feel like it's been <laughs> undersold a little bit just how important that is. I think the diehards, you know, obviously understand. Yeah, I I agree completely. It it shocks me that it's not and I mean, I, I know obviously there's a lot going on. I mean, you've obviously had the Mike Leach story, and there's a lot to talk about in college football right now. In a in a time when usually the portal and things like this would dominate the storylines, um, but uh, again, guys, I, this is this is a player that starts day one. Like I I don't have any doubt he will be on the field, you know, in the season opener, probably from you know probably on the first snap like he he's that kind of talent and this is a, I mean he's a kid we, like I, I talked about last week we've seen uh since he was a sophomore and you were like this kid's special I don't know what he's gonna be yet because we saw him when he was still so young and he was kind of long and lanky and he was trying to be a safety and I was like I, I don't think you're a safety <laughs> but I know you're good, you're good whatever you're gonna be <laughs> yeah exactly so um he is just clearly a talented guy, and I think it's going to be – it's one of those things where, you know, I used, I, I, I used to talk about it all the time with uh, – you know, and I'm probably the last guy I remember talking about this like was Relique Brown, where I would say, you know, this guy is talented, but it's going to come down to how creative your offensive – you know, your, your play calling is, your offensive design is. And under Lincoln Riley, you had all these guys that flourished because he was creative. Well – you got Brent Venables. Like, as a defensive mind, it doesn't get much more creative, and he's going to find all sorts of unique ways to use this guy. And I know, you know, there have been comparisons from people inside that building that, that have some familiarity with Isaiah Simmons. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I think that's a lot to lay at a guy's feet, but if people that were around Isaiah are willing to say that, that tells you how much they think of this guy. Physically, the you know you see six five. What is it? He's listed at like six five two thirty. Physically, they just they haven't had guys that move like that around there in a in a while. It seems like. I uh, no, I mean like guys. This I my guess, and I I think we all probably agree is he'll start out at Cheetah. And you think about as well as Deshaun White played last year. I mean, I mean no slight to Deshaun. He really he was probably OU's most consistent defender oh, last was, year. Yeah, yeah, but. I mean, th this guy takes you to a different level. He can do stuff Deshaun just can't do. I mean, this is a guy that can come up and play over a tight end and, like, has a reasonable expectation of winning. One of the first clips I saw of him was the Michigan State game last year, and he literally just sheds a tight end, steps inside of him, and makes a stop on the goal line for Indiana. You know, I think they ended up making the stop on three downs and forcing the Michigan State field goal. So, like, this is, this is, a, this is a guy that can do a lot of stuff. But like I said is athletic enough to have a couple of years ago thought he might be a safety. I mean, he's he's not going to be like a 4-3 guy that can go run with anybody out there, but he can absolutely cover a tight end up the seam. Yeah, you look at Deshaun White. He adapted into the spot. McCullough is made for this spot. There's yeah. going to be no, like, 
thinking about how how, how am I going to make this work. I mean, this is the spot that you know he's going to going to play. And I want to talk about Day for just a little bit too. With Brandon Hall, Jay Valai both going to visit him last last week. Do we have an idea of what position in the secondary day would be looking to play yet? My guess is safety. And that, that's just because I think, I, again, he's, I mean, you can see it in the pictures with him and Desan next to each other. He's not as big. He's plenty big. Don't get me wrong. Like, he's not like a little undersized guy or anything. He's a, he's a big dude in his own right. Um, but I would think safety and guys, there's no reason to think that like he might not grow into that cheetah role, you know, in a couple of years like that, that that's absolutely possible. Um, but he's played some corner. He's played in the box some at St. Joseph there in South Bend. I mean, he's done a lot of different stuff and I, I, I think again, he is a versatile tool that we're going to, that we're seeing more and more of, you know, where, with the Grinch model, we knew, like, okay, this guy's a corner because of his height and weight. This guy's a – like, there wasn't much doubt. There wasn't a lot of ambiguity from guy to guy. Here, there is. Like, okay, like like Eric McCarty's a good example. Eric McCarty could play at several different positions, and I'm very interested to see where that goes. I think he's probably a safety or a cheetah, but he's a bigger guy than people think. Like, if you told me in three years he's a linebacker, that wouldn't stun me. Like, I, I think that's entirely possible. So, um, I, I think they are a little more willing to let guys become whatever they're going to be and let them work into roles a little bit. So, but I, I do, I expect safety is where he'll start. And I think his coverage skills and some of the, and I, I've got to finish his breakdown of his video. I just been a crazy week. Um, but I, I think he brings a lot of unique stuff and a lot of versatility. I know he gets overlooked a little bit because of his brother being a little more highly ranked out of high school and being, you know, a guy that's already had some college success. But Day, Day is a good land. I mean, I, I think he's a guy. He's not like a an add-on. Like, oh, you would have taken him either way. By the way, I, I'm just going to tell you now, I'm going to be so distracted during this podcast because – you, this love, you six love the six-man? This six-man shit is insane. Like, the sidelines aren't the sidelines. There's a goalpost in the end zone. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. They, it's I mean, unbelievable. It's, it's just, well, just like they eight don't man. even put the ball on the hash marks because the there hash, is no hash. There's no hash. Like, they're playing, they're playing between the hashes. The, the, no, the, the, it's to the side of the hat. Well, there's well, the they, NFL yeah, hashes. Yeah, yeah, they're like standing on the field. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's the best. It is in the Six center. Man. Every it's, it's the, oh, that's a false start. Can't do that, that's kid. A, this is blowing my mind. That's why, like the <laughs> the final scores for these games are like, like in the 80s. Oh yeah, yeah. it's like 85, Holy 82, shit. and it's, and they showed they showed a wide uh, shot of the stadium, like oh, from above. I guarantee that's the entire that's town. The entire town. town. The entire towns for oh. both sides are at if that. You're there's criminal, no one in those. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. If you're a criminal living in Texas right now, Benjamin or Lorraine, you need you will get away with it. If you are a petty thief in any of anywhere in these towns, like, and you're not working today, but that's the thing. People Dude, love Texas we, high school football so much. Even the criminals the from criminals these towns are, there. Yes. are at the game. <laughs> yes. So nobody's going to oh, rob yeah. anybody. They're, they're just pocketing people at Jerry world. Like that's, that's just all that's happening. They're uh, in the big city. Guys, this is something we've never talked about in this podcast. And it's always bothered me. And I've ne like, I get things evolve, things change. Why the hell was there ever a field goal post in the middle of the football field? Like, 
Why was that not immediately like, mm, this feels like a problem? Like, we feel yeah. like a receiver is going to run a, <laughs> you know, a, a literal post route and just kill himself on that post. Like, because there was no padding. Like, they weren't thinking about that crap. Like, you better avoid I, that post or you're going to get, you know, back then your bell rung, which I, basically means a concussion that y- you're bleeding from your ears. I'm not kidding. I guarantee, I, 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 this would be my guess, is that the sports writers told the NFL – or the football, basically, it's too confusing. We want to be able to say a guy kicked a 30-yard field goal or a 35-yard field goal, not have to add on 10 and put it in the back of the end zone. Like, I bet they were doing it for convenience of stat keeping and, and media. Which God, the media sucks. <laughs> but, no, I mean, that's just the time. I mean, like, it's just like with early college football. Like, people were dying all the time playing college football. And, and oh, yeah. And it's just like... It, it was a time when th- you were playing a game. They didn't pay him very much, and they were basically gladiators. I mean, it was it, – it basically sports were built out of, you know, the Romans and, and, and gladiators and all that. Like, they're combatants. They're not humans. As Paul Brown – this is from uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. As Paul Brown told Sports Illustrated in 1974, the whole end zone is open for pass patterns now. The goalposts were, in effect, another safety man. When you got inside the 20, you couldn't run or pass around them, and it was hard for – Hard to punt or pass coming out of the end zone. Hmm. So maybe that's the reason they moved them. Because they wanted to open up the game. They wanted more. to open up the game. Yeah. But I, I still, that doesn't answer why, why they, they were, were there in, in the front. first place. Yeah. Interesting. Can, can you imagine, like, you know, the, these plays now that we see where these mobile quarterbacks are running around and then they drop a little dime in the back of the end zone to somebody that's just kind of worked himself free. Like, and all of a sudden it goes off the, the, the crossbar. Like, it just hits and flies somewhere. Now, would that be a lot like was that live action? Like if you threw a pass and hit that bar, would that be open for an interception or for they a probably th- didn't throw the ball very often back then either, yeah. though, especially when you got to the goal line. Now, I did find it says the structure and the placement of the goalpost in 1892 when the game was uh, invented. It just came directly from rugby. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Okay. Ah. Are the rugby... Okay. uh, Is the rugby goalpost in the front? I guess it is, isn't it? Yeah, because it's, well. I mean, you can't go behind it. In rugby, it's just two lines that go up. There's not a crossbar, I don't think. It, there, there is. It's more like, um, it, you, there's two, there is a crossbar, but there are two lines right. that it's go up. Straight like, it's just up. like, it's like, yeah. a, it's like a giant H. Yes, thank okay. you. I was yeah, trying yeah, to think yeah. okay. what, how to describe it. Yes, an H. And it is at the front. And like what is this? What is this six man? It. Is it eighty yard field? From goalpost to goalpost? Yeah, I think it, they still play a hundred, but it's a uh, smaller width of the field. Yeah, because well, no, they, 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 80, they, they no, it's eighty by it's, forty it's, is what it's I just looked by 40. Up under UIL yeah. Texas. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Well, that's the history of uh, all right. That's the history of football God, segment I mean, guys, for I, people I mean, that people care about are, the portal. People are taking notes. At home. <laughs> Well, is, is the six man is all today, right? And then it's over. 
Yeah. There's, yes. So yes. there's there's two divisions for each class. So this is division one, six man, division two, six man's at, at like three, and then two A division one is tonight, and then they two A, three A, three A. 4A, 4A, oh. 5A. Throw it over your head. 5A, oh. 6A, 6A. By the way, the, the greatest weekend in high school sports yeah. uh, really is. Is, in Dallas. Okay, so I, I did awesome. not see it. I know you guys are watching. What happened to uh, to to Jackson Arnold in the in the semifinals? What happened <sighs> to Denton? They they just got run over by a better set of athletes. I mean, like that just like and that's for all those that don't know, I had every intention of being at that game. We had a problem with the uh, media credentialing that just, it, it just happens sometimes. And it's the way it goes. And it sucks. I'm really pissed. I wasn't there. It's a lottery, the right? Time, a lottery system where, yeah, it, 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 it came down to it. And again, and part of it is me because I waited later and then it became that way. So that uh, if I would have done it like Sunday, I'd have probably been fine. So it just, it was my up. fault. Yeah, uh, no, that's absolutely part of the equation. Yeah, but I've never, I've never had that be an issue on like a Tuesday. Like I and I I, lo I looked and I was like, oh shit. And so then I kind of went through it and it was like just kind of crossing your fingers and it just doesn't go your way. So that's the way it is. But um, but no, for what I saw, Desoto was just able to take over that game offensively because they could keep Jackson Arnold off the field. They could run and just pound Geyer to death with the run game, and then it, it, it was hard for Geyer to ever get into an offensive rhythm, really, and especially when, again, like, I mean, Jackson Arnold's a great player. Peyton Bowen's a great player. I know everybody loves the Landon Sides kid, and he's a very good player, but it's a little different when you're facing guys that are going to go play at U of H and going to go play at T. I mean, like, DeSoto's stocked with with Division One athletes. Like, that, some of the stuff that you can get away with against teams that are more your equal and you have these two incredible players, it gets balanced out a little bit. Like Jackson Arnold, Peyton Bowen are still probably the two best players on that field, but the next 12 all play for the Soto. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, we, it, I, I wish I would have seen that game. Cause I mean, just seeing Denton and how big they were like compared to Allen, like that was a joke. Like, it's interesting that a team could just bully them a little bit. So. They they had a few big bodies. Like at tackle, they were really big. Inside, they really weren't. And then when you throw in, like I said, DeSoto always has these guys that are like 5'11", 6 foot, and they're about 275 pounds on the inside. But, man, they can move. Like they're, they're just jumping around, and they're, they're shooting into gaps, and they're just being a problem. And that was the problem. Like, Geyer just never could hit a rhythm. They're late in the third going into the fourth. It looked like Geyer had a chance to bring it to a one-score game, and it just never really happened. And then, you know, eventually they just kind of lost the momentum. Is there anybody, uh, any commitments still playing for state championships that we know of? I think uh, almost everybody's – Almost everybody's done outside of Texas. Texas yeah. always like goes California last, wrapped basically. up last week. Yeah. Florida's done. Yeah, I don't – because Texas is always the one that goes the longest. Yeah. Um, Josh Bates' season's over in Colorado, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. they got knocked out in the semis. Yep. Um, There's no, like, Kip Lewis playing. Carthage is playing. Carthage. Are they playing? That's, yep. that's, that's one of my favorite parts about this weekend <laughs> is, like, all of the schools that are there, it's kind of like Oklahoma a little bit, but – you have your Carthage. I feel like Mart is always in two-way. 
Uh, yes, Martamon. Gunter, Refugio. Refugio, yes. Yep. Franklin and Brock. I feel like Franklin and Brock <laughs> play every season in the state <laughs> championship game. Now, I, I want to tell you guys, do you know how you say, and I'm going to say it wrong just so we get it right, Refugio? No. Is it like... like it's, uh, it's Refugio. What? Refugio? Yes, right. I don't understand <laughs> why or how, but that's Refurio. And well, I'm never going to get that. For those that don't me. know, it's R E F U G I O, and somehow that's Refurio. I don't understand it. I, I'm sure there's some easy explanation. The G is but, just silent. I mean, that's. But you like but add an, an R. R. But there's an R. Like, it an R. It's not like Refurio. Oh, okay. It's like Refurio. <laughs> like it's weird. Um, hey. it's one of those ones like Miami that like people you just from know outside how to. State Never, yeah. You just you know how know. to pronounce it if you're from that part of the area. Mm -hmm. That's funny. Because I drive past the exit for it on 45 about 37 times a year. So why, don't, so. why doesn't Texas call Paris something weird? Because, like, we have Prague. It's not Prague. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there might be some call people it. that pronounce it Prague up there. I don't know. Yeah. Call it, like, Paris. No, it's I, mean, it, I mean, as much time as I spent there covering Stephen Good, it's definitely Paris. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So let's get back to uh, you, you know recruiting portal. What is out there? Just portal wise, we've been kind of monitoring. And, and Bob, you can jump in here. But what is out there portal wise? And I know there's been some guys that have kind of jumped off the list and, and committed elsewhere. Um, but what's out there right now? What, what it, it feels like, you know, I'll let Josh talk about a certain defensive lineman here in a second. It feels that at receiver they're not getting any yeah, bites yeah it feels like okay that didn't work that didn't work now we've we've got to go this way and we knew coming in how big of a point of emphasis that position was going to be and it just it still doesn't seem like anything's materializing heading into this week and I don't know if that's why they went back to Chance Fitzgerald and offered him for the 2023 class there on Monday uh, Taylor Wines uh teammate who just showed up for an official visit as you brought up John like why couldn't you just bring them in together boy that would have been really easy to try to get the ball rolling there but it, it just seems like as the days have gone on the receiver position they're they're not getting the hits just yet but none of those guys have committed either so it just feels like you're on the outside looking in but you know there's nothing still official now we knew defensive line was going to be a major position just even before the portal we knew they would have to stock up there and it sounds like it could be a very familiar name that might come to the other side of bedlam yeah i mean guys we were talking about it before we got started but i mean th this would be fairly unprecedented uh, unprecedented if oklahoma can get trace ford to make the move from stillwater to norman i mean i that would be and i know you know for the <laughs> Those that don't know or do follow it, his mother is a not just like oh she likes Oklahoma State because her son goes there. She loves Oklahoma State. So uh, I I had a chance to talk with Trace. Uh, going that story will come out today. It was supposed to be yesterday and it just didn't happen. Um, but talking to him, I, I got the impression you know Miguel Chavis has come by, visited him, visited his family. Uh, really, I, I, from what I can tell, really knocked it out of the park. They they loved what they heard. Uh, mom really responded well to him. Um, Trace, you know, uh, like I like I was telling you guys, I'm expecting him on campus either today or tomorrow, you know, Wednesday or Thursday, depending on when you're listening in the week. Um, and I, I just, 
I, I, I kind of got the feeling like I'm going to give some other schools a look and see what happens, but it just feels like, I don't know, like I, I, I always got the impression Trace liked Oklahoma back during his recruitment and was kind of hoping they would get involved. They never really did. He mm-hmm. goes to Oklahoma State, obviously starts off really well. I think it's going to come down to USC, Auburn, and Oklahoma. Now, in both of those situations, he's got to go a long ways from home. Maybe he's okay with that now. Uh, maybe, you know, I, like I said, his family and he are close. I don't think that's – I think it helps Oklahoma. Um, but it's going to be interesting. Like I, I said, I'm expecting him to go to USC this weekend, take a visit out there, and then – I. I don't get the impression that he's got to see a lot more beyond that. He may take one more visit. He mentioned Ole Miss as a, as a school that was kind of showing some interest. So a lot of the usual suspects in the portal are showing up in this conversation. But um, I, I, I like where Oklahoma is. I'm not convinced where Oklahoma is. It, Bob, it's kind of interesting. We talked about this this morning that if USC is in play, <laughs> he's going to be recruited by the same guys and almost purely well, the same Somewhat. A little bit. Lincoln Riley With and Alex Grinch. Grinch, Grinch like, wasn't you, there. You, you're not good enough for us. That's, I mean, Grinch that's, wasn't there yet, though. Grinch wasn't there yet. Okay, that's fair. But Lincoln was, and Lincoln was calling that's the fair. shots. That's but fair. Yes. It does feel a little weird it that seems like USC would you already be got in the running. Over so by so Calvin Thibodeau gets the blame then and not No, we won't be. Ruffin. We won't be Ruffin, we'll blame right? Ruffin. Ruffin oh. and Mike. Because they were the, 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 the guy that... That that okay? Point. Then I I that's probably fair. I I wanted to take a shot and it's like I sent the bullet and it got sent right back. <laughs> you try every guy. week to take Damn a it. shot against USC and it never. I swear out. it's not personal. I don't know. It's every not like the guy week. blocked me on Twitter. Every week hey. we try and fail in in connecting the dots. To Damn it! Shit now, on Josh, USC. I, Super Washington is from Mule Shoe. Never forget. That's never right, forget. Josh. I did. I don't know if you approach that. I don't even know how you kind of would and kind of in a joking man. Did he say anything about being bitter about the first time around? Or does that even play? Or is that more just like that's fans remembering what happened four years ago? I think that's fans more remembering. Like, I don't think Trace carries a lot of ill will about it because I think in a lot of ways Trace wanted to go to Oklahoma State. Like, I think that was always a very meaningful offer to him. Now, again, I, do I think Oklahoma could have probably made it interesting? Yeah. I mean, it's Oklahoma. He's an in-state kid. Like, th- they do pretty well in those scenarios. Um, so, I, but I, again, I, I don't think there's going to be any animosity. But what the other side of that is, is there's this easy, like, this easy thought, well, okay, that staff knows him. No, they don't. Like, they never really recruited him. Even the people that had a relationship with him, you know, you guys mentioned Calvin Thibodeau, Mike Stoops, some of those guys that that were involved. They just never offered him. They they have no affiliation there. Um, Like, you know, and to kind of put a point on that, he visited SMU where Calvin Thibodeau is uh, last week. So there is some relationship there. And it kind of tells, I mean, you you know, like I said, he mentioned, uh, Oklahoma, he mentioned USC, missing Auburn, and missing old mentioned Ole Miss. All four big programs, big Power Five, you know, major conference schools, and then SMU. So it tells you where his relationship lied when he was at Oklahoma, so or you know, or when Oklahoma was involved with him. So I, I think that's interesting. Um, how much? Of, but USC doesn't have this built-in knowledge of him that I think some people might assume. How much of a is there just simply a risk in taking? 
Trace Ford. It does it not matter because the numbers really don't matter this season. It's almost like you get a wild card option of bring him in. And I'm talking about physically with the injuries the that injuries, he's had yeah. mm-hmm. over the last, you know, he's just had awful, awful luck, it seems. Uh, I actually ran into him, you know, during the Bedlam game this year uh, as he was walking back into the locker room. I It just, I don't know. It seems like it's, it's an, it's easier to take him this year because you're not worried about numbers as much as you would be in other years. It's like, it's almost a no brainer to me. Why OU wouldn't just stack as many defensive linemen as possible this year. Well, and, and I think it's an interesting effect because does, does taking a guy like trace Ford allow you the ability to say, Hey, Grayson Halton, we're going to slide you a little farther inside. We want you to be a super active defensive tackle for us. Like, does he give you the ability to bolster your defensive tackle room by adding a defensive end? Like, I, I wonder a little bit about stuff like that because to me, there's no question. Like, at end, they need an influx of top-end talent, but, like, their numbers aren't terrible at defensive end. Like, they're not great, mm-hmm. but they're not terrible. Defensive tackle is a freaking concern. <laughs> that, 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 is, that has to Even be addressed. Even for the bowl game, it's a major concern. Yes, yes. I mean, like, they're like, Jacob Lacey, you know, you, you want to you know, <laughs> you, you go? Play now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I don't need to burn that, that, that last bit of eligibility I've got left. But, no, I mean, th- that really is the, the question. And, again, like we've talked about, guys, like you look around, there's no D-tackle in the portal that everybody's yeah. getting all excited about because those guys, if they're good enough, they stay where they are because they're a great program and they're already getting NIL or they're going to the NFL. Yep. Like it's really hard to rebuild yourself at that position through the portal. It, it just well, it just is. And so. fortunately, OU jumped on the first guy, basically, that went in the portal and Jacob Lacey. So. Yeah, and, and at least Jacob Lacey's played at a high level, played a lot of games. Like, there's there's something to it. But, I mean, anybody expecting Jacob Lacey to come in and, like, be a difference maker, I, I, I think you're – think you're kidding yourself like, i think the expectation the, is like you just always get performance out of a guy like jeffrey johnson like he, he makes plays yeah. for you he's not a, stu- a superstar but he's capable of going out there and not embarrassing you by the way i have the most important question for you josh in this segment is have you had a chance to try the new orleans style barbecue shrimp from uh, prime shrimp the worst part about this timing is I'm literally having it for lunch. So, like, in an hour from now, I could give you a review. <laughs> right, but right now, we're just going to say it was outstanding. We'll we're take just, a video review. Uh, we don't lie on this show. Come on. We'll uh, take a video review. Yeah, you're going to have to post about it. Uh, but, no. Uh, I love it. Sure. Look, I mean, you've had the other Prime Shrimp, so have I. Uh, we've offered it to Eddie and, and Bob, but they're not shrimp people. Bob's definitely not a shrimp person, I don't think. Grilled shrimp. Delicious. Well, thanks for supporting our sponsor. Uh, you can <laughs> grill this. Yes, I've said that before on the pod. I was like, yes. I he take- just doesn't listen. He doesn't listen to you. <laughs> you can take before. it out and grill the shrimp. Uh, yes, that, absolutely. So uh, you would need. You would probably want to get a you know a couple bags of the simply shrimp. That's the unseasoned shrimp. Uh, but primeshrimp.com. P r i m e shrimp.com. Uh, use that promo code Sooner Scoop, and it'll get you twenty dollars off your first order. Uh, and uh, they've got all kinds. I mean, they've been, since we've been with Prime Shrimp, but they've been with us on the podcast, they've come out with a couple of different flavors, uh, the lemon and cracked pepper, and now the brand new uh, New Orleans barbecue sh- uh, shrimp. And uh, it is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be getting mine. I haven't, haven't had a chance to try it yet, but I love any kind of barbecue, and this is a little spicy 
but real easy, no mess, no fuss. Uh, you don't even have to thaw it out. You just uh, boil up some water. In under 10 minutes, you got a restaurant-quality meal uh, right there at home. You put it with some rice or some, uh, some, uh, some pasta and a uh, great meal for, for at least a couple of people because those are pretty big bags. So primeshrimp.com. Use that promo code SOONERSCOOP and get $20 off your first order. Okay, um, yeah, I, I think the thing that the portal that's taught us the most is, you know, OU hasn't had any luck with wide receiver, and there's really not, um, you know, just a, I mean, really, you, you, you're, you're, what you've got in the young guys is probably better than uh, what you're going to get in the portal, and that's why, you know, it, the Alton Tarber transfer now looks, you know, worse and worse because you thought he could be a guy. But you still have a Kelvin Gilliam who, uh, uh, you know. He's hurt. Though. Yeah, was hurt. So. But can, I'm talking about next year. Yeah. I mean, just toward the future. And, and he this played is- a lot early but then got banged up and then ended up hurt. Um, and, you know, I think all of us have um, – Grayson Halton, I mean, he's shown some flashes. Yeah, he was one of the guys that got like a uh, I, I forgot future what the impact. Future impact is yeah, that what it was at called the, at the, the, the uh, awards banquet? banquet? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. just like Kobe. Yep. So I mean, yeah, I mean it's not. It's I would say it's a tougher go at wide receiver because you're losing Trayvon West, you're losing uh, Brian Darby. Right. right. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. Guys. Like if you thought they didn't add a lot to to the room, they weren't supposed to be gone yet, and you've got to get those numbers up. Yeah. So I mean. You've seen the like. What is it right now? How many how many high school kids do they have committed at that position? Two. Yeah. Two. Just yeah. So after that's losing Anthony so Evans, you only have two. Yep. And then and that's why we look at Chance Fitz uh, uh, Fitzgerald. I guess we'll go there, Josh. Any? I know it happened Monday. Uh, the wheels turning yet? He's been awfully quiet this week, which makes and usually that's a. There's two ways that goes. I mean, there's no interest, and I don't think that's the case, or something's kind of up. And I I think it's interesting how this plays kind of compared to the Micah T situation, Mm -hmm. which Oklahoma's been in home with him. Like, that that door hasn't quite shut, but until Micah comes down for a visit, you're just like, I don't know what to make of it. Like, I don't know if that's going to be real or not. And – there was some belief that he was going to show up last weekend and it didn't happen. So we will have to see if that can get, if they can spark that this week, you know, like maybe, maybe he comes down. And to me, that's the question is, is, you know, Bob talked about the receiver uh, situation in the portal, not seeming at, you know, it doesn't seem like they've made a big move for anybody yet. You're not hearing about, oh, this guy's going to be on campus. Like, and, and it may still work out fine. Like, I, th- there are plenty of good receivers out there, and they're in on a bunch of them. I know the Xavier Guillory kid uh, is talking about coming in this weekend for a visit. So that's all possible. Like, I, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, it's all negative. But I wonder if they're weighing – do we take if we could if they could get both T's and Fitzgerald? Do they choose to do that, or you know, do we do we think we got a good chance at one of these guys out of the portal? Because obviously they need a few of these guys to help quickly. And yep. do you feel like these are those kind of guys? like Keon Brown? Wouldn't shock me at all if Keon Brown's able to help early. That dude is a freakish athlete that maybe they could find a role for. Uh, Jaquez Petaway, I his speed it plays. Like I mean they're. There are reasons I think some of these young guys, but I don't know. And Fitzgerald's got a ton of speed too, so they're they're kind of interesting conversations to have. 
Um, it would seem like Oklahoma is a perfect option for a transfer yeah. or for a uh, portal guy right now. You could step in and immediately play. Problem is that they, you know, the guys that you don't know about, they haven't really declared intentions to stay or leave or what. I mean, yeah, maybe that all shakes out after you find out like what Marvin Mims is going to do. Mm-hmm. Like, but like if you lose Marvin Mims and Drake Stoops, like that's a lot of the room gone. Like you need difference makers all of a sudden. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, and Theo Wee's already picking Missouri. I mean, he's not coming back this time from the portal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is, you know, and you wonder how Theo would feel about that if Marvin did leave. Like, I almost think Theo leaving is as good an indication of what Marvin's going to do as anything else. Like, why leave if Marvin was going to leave and you'd have a chance to really, you know, be one of the focal guys? Like, I, I well, you you, know, you remember I, how Brent Brent phrased it? He left to become a starter. So whatever, yep. however, yeah. oh, you saw Theo wasn't as a starter. Yeah. I think everybody still feels pretty good about the Marvin Mims thing, but well, right now I can we need to I can probably check back in on that. I here. need to double check, but usually this time of year when finals are going on, everybody's got their draft grades back. Mm-hmm. So M- Marvin and, should know, especially you know if you're considered like first, second, third, whatever. I mean, yeah, you should know. I mean, I would imagine that. Marvin probably got like a fourth round grade or I, I don't think they even do it by rounds. They just say you're a first rounder or you're, you're, you know, middle or you're late. Guys, the one that surprises me is DJ Graham. I kind of thought he'd be in there fairly quick with the quickness. No, no, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the one that like, true, he wasn't even dressing out the last Shit. couple of games. Right. I mean, I think they just said like, he was there, but yeah, he wasn't yeah, there's, like full pads or there's anything. no way you can pick up the offense that, fast mm-hmm. i mean so, shit maybe they feel pretty to. good about dj wide receiver it's, who knows it's a legitimate question and we just can't ask any questions the, and yet. he's getting those reps right now like yeah that, you know they're, yep. they're telling them how good he's going to be. i would imagine that like and maybe this is like almost a tryout period like let's see yeah, if this exactly. really works for you i know it's you know you've been practicing over the last couple of months but maybe maybe something changes if you say dj graham i say Corey robertson did you guys yes. know that he's my biggest yes. mystery of all? Like, like, how is he not in the portal yet? I I figured that was like I figured he would be like if it opened at eleven a.m. on uh, you know December whatever it was, he'd be in at eleven oh one. And what I don't understand is D- with the defensive tackle position, like how can he not make a difference? I watched him play last year. He seemed he made he flashed as much as any of the young guys a year ago. Like Isaiah and I would talk about him all the time. Like how he thought he was going to be a really good player here. I almost wonder with what they've got left at defensive tackle with, you know, with Jalen Redmond leaving, if they almost didn't go to Corey and like, look, we know you want to go in the portal. That's fine. This game, we need you and you're going to get some snaps and this could be your chance to put something on tape. Like you could do something here because that's the only explanation for it. Like that's the only thing that makes sense because Everyone's red. I mean, you know, mom had some less. Mm-hmm. I mean, like not stuff that you can walk back like stuff that like, I mean, well, I, I mean, I guess Latrell McCutcheon's family exists, so <laughs> I guess you can move past it. But like in general terms, you would think, yeah, that's a severing of like, we're, we're, we're they're not going to be working together. And anymore. The, and the way Corey has like embraced all the other portal entries, like that's one. Yeah. He's retweeted. He's like, I, I get everybody. It. I get yeah. It. Yep. And the, but the thing is, Josh, that would make sense what you said. Play in the bowl game, 
get some stuff on film before you go into the portal. What will probably happen is he won't even make the trip to Orlando. Well, like that, the way this season has yeah. gone with Corey Roberts. I know, like Robertson. you can't really base a whole lot off of who traveled to Lubbock because it, they do have a small locker room. It's kind of notoriously known that they mm-hmm. don't travel a lot of guys out there. Uh, but I don't even remember seeing him at Bedlam. Like, no, he's, he's. I haven't seen as, Corey Roberts as in. someone that does the COVID check mm-hmm. with you know uh, Eric and Ryan. It's just it's like no, that is a number ninety two. It's not something we've called all that yeah. often. And usually I've noticed he's, like, posting photos of himself in this car and stuff on game days. Like, just weird. Very weird. He likes to listen to the game. He likes to listen to Toby. <laughs> That's his uh, preferred intake of OU football. Yeah, you had the mass inf- uh, influx last week. We haven't had a, a person this week. I mean, you knew it would slow down. It's like, and it's kind of Brent, kind of, his words are coming true. It's like, we know who we have. Like the guys that are leaving are the ones that didn't do much or anything at all with the on the field product. And the guys that are going to be staying, those are the ones that all, all the fans are going to know. Which is, you know, I, I guess as overall, it's pretty big positive that maybe there is a uh, general feeling of within the program that they, everybody feels like they're on the same page and moving in the right direction. I think that more than anything, I was kind of wondering, you know, if you would get a couple surprises. Yep. And maybe they still do they after, still the, uh, after yeah. the bowl game. Yeah, you still have time. It's The 30-day window is still there after the bowl game I think it's actually a 45-day window. No, it's 45 total, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. 30 That's what I mean. this yeah. and then 15 yeah. after yeah, yeah, spring. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. So, oh, 45 total, 30 now, 15 right. later during Correct. the spring. Right. Yep. I got gotcha. you. Right. I got gotcha. you. So they'll have till January 3rd or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or 2nd or what? Well, everybody wants to get done by the 6th. <laughs> Another one of those, Kevin? I'm going to the inaugural ball. <laughs> I'm going to uh, Kevin Stitt's inaugural ball, January 6th in uh, Tulsa. That's what I was okay. talking about. Okay. Uh, all right. So, we, you know, portal news, it's out there. Just, you know, stay tuned to Sooner Scoop. We'll, you know, we'll keep you up to date. We'll continue to give you lists of what's happening there. I mean, that's a great resource if you're confused. I mean, just just go to Sooner Scoop, go to the front page, or go to Crimson Corner. Um, Though There was a uh, – is he a defensive lineman, the Dylan Wade kid from Tulsa, or is he an offensive lineman? Oh, he's offensive. offensive lineman. Offensive lineman. Okay. Offer. Yep. Interesting. He, and if you look – Every single school's like offered him the last twenty four yeah. hours, and, then, and that's He's been on a run. And that's sort of been the thing is, is like you're not unearthing anything. Like you look at these receivers, like well, everyone's offering them, so you don't really have you, you know you're not going to be the easy favorite. You're going to have to work for them, and we'll just see which which guys when they make their initial pitch, there's some mutual interest because that that'd be another one. It's like Dylan Wade would be nice, but. Every single school is coming for him. So what what exactly is he looking for this second time? All right. Um, we still have a signing day to come. Uh, still some really big moves to be made down the stretch, I think. Uh, do we want to start with Peyton Bowen, Josh, or, or is, is there something else that's really out there that deserves to be talked about first? There's been a, uh, a forecast put in as well by Josh here in the last 24 hours. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I guess we could start there because that's just kind of the most, you know, that's that's the news people want to hear about. And that's um, Oklahoma. You know, I, I put in a forecast yesterday afternoon for uh, defensive end Cecilia Kana. Um, and I know 
say defensive end, I always have to make the jokes, you know, honestly, just, uh, there's been some talk of cheetah and that kind of stuff. I, I don't see how that's possible. Like I just, you know, he, he looks like a guy that's going to be a six, six, 260 pound defensive end. Like he's a big, long athletic guy and at six, six and strong, but I mean, six, four, he's a, he's a big kid. Um, but put in a forecast, talk to a few people. Um, Cecilia's really quiet. Uh, he and I have talked some. Uh, it's been sporadic. I won't pretend like he's a guy that I've developed a good relationship with. Like, you know, we, we've spoken, but he's in Utah, not an area that I know a lot of people. So there's not some of the easy connections you can make with some kids. Um, but in talking to some who do talk to him a lot, know him well, He's given some pretty strong hints that Oklahoma's in a really good spot right now, you know, a week from signing day. So we will we'll see. I don't I don't think he to my knowledge, he has not informed Oklahoma, hey, I'm coming or anything like that. I don't think it's that far down the tracks. Um and obviously there's still more in home visits going on. But I, I I really like what they've done here. Brent Venables has made him a focus since very early on upon his arrival at Oklahoma. And I, I think it's I think it's going to pay off for him the way I'm looking at it right now. I just love that you you love to say that name. It just seems like when you say that name, it's almost like there's a lot of pride of yourself. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I it is. I mean, like you you have to work to know that name. Like there are a lot of people that would stare at that dumbfounded, and I was one of them originally. But once you practice it enough, you're like, yeah, I got it now. That's uh. It's not unlike McQuistion. You know, people are like, how the hell? And Bob knows it. Eddie knows this life. <laughs> like, people, they're like, oh, I got it right. Like, they're excited when they actually know how to say your name properly. I feel like it's a graduate program that I'm not qualified yet for. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Bob has it worse than everybody. He has a Z where you should never have a Z. Correct. Because in Polish, but, in Polish, the PR I, I it's is, Polish, right? is yep. silent. So it's shabillo. Really? That's the way that it should be pronounced? Shabilwa. <laughs> Good Lord. Really? Shabilwa is how you, you're Bob Shabilwa. Wow. Wow. I think that's all I'm going to well, say he's Robert. He's Robert Shabilwa. <laughs> I'm not even in the room, and Bob feels like a different person to me right now. Like Just hearing that, like I'm like, he looks different somehow in my head, in my mental picture. Hmm. Polish. You'll have to inter- you have to introduce him that way now in the franchise. That's all I'm gonna do. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna Bob do. Bob <laughs> We're gonna have we're gonna pay to have Kanye pronounce it, and then he's gonna do all the uh, the intro. And see, that's the thing that sucks is even though you've Americanized it so people could possibly spell it, there's no way in hell that they could spell it. Like, you could stump every uh, spelling bee contestant alive if you ask them to spell Prisbillo. Trying to find that vowel. Good luck to you. Uh, all right, so um, Peyton Bowen, Cecilia, Cecilia Cana, Cecilia Cana. Did I do it? Just yeah, right there, right then and there. I think uh, Josh is the expert. Josh, is uh, he is he someone that can put on like twenty pounds and you're not worried about it, or is there a concern as to what position he could end up in? I honestly think that plays pretty well to his game because, like, he is. Um, in a lot of ways, kind of like a, a Colton Vosick type in certain, because he's more about being powerful with his hands and really strong. He's a point of attack guy. He's not like, 
oh, I'm going to turn the edge and I'm four, four. Like that, I think just getting bigger and putting more mass on his body is only going to make him better. Like I, I don't think it's going to, because that's not what his game is built around. You know, we see these guys all the time that we're like, well, you know, if you'll put 20 pounds on him, well, that's cool, but he's a 210 pound defensive end. And like his whole game is running around the corner. Like you, you're taking something away from him. I don't think you're hurting to Silly Akana to put some weight on him, let him get stronger, work with Jerry Schmidt. I, I, I think he'd be an outstanding, and especially in this scheme, he makes a lot of sense to me. All right, I think everybody's itching to get to Peyton Bowen now. Dun, dun, dun. By the way, uh, before we do that, Dead Soxy, uh, Dead Soxy, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y, uh, dot com. Go check them out. Uh, great socks. Uh, if you... I. Better check their website about holiday gifts, but you know what? Just get them. Tell them. Tell somebody they're getting dead soxy for Christmas if they don't come, and they'll be happy. But a uh, lot of great uh, uh, packs, different types of packs that you can get on the website, uh, and uh, they've got a lot of big stuff coming, and uh, got some stuff coming on the website soon that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, but in the meantime, go get you some really good socks, uh, deadsoxy.com, whether it's the, uh, the Crimson and Cream uh, four pack or just th- some boardrooms or even get the no shows uh, for being around the house uh, if uh, it's getting a little cold outside. So maybe the no shows won't be worn all that much outside. But uh, deadsoxy.com, great friends of the program, D E A D S O X Y. Use that promo code SCOOP and get 25% off your entire order. So can't thank them enough. And as always, uh, remember, guys, stay soxy. Um, okay, so Peyton Bowen, announcement coming up. I, we were talking Maybe. before the pod, like, how is this going to go down? Is it going to be like a 24-7 thing? Is it going to be ESPN thing? Uh, or if he even makes an announcement. Or if he makes like, yeah. He might not <laughs> even just, make an announcement. He might just sign letter of yeah. intent. Everything's on the table. <laughs> I mean, I would think that Denton will have a signing day ceremony. No, they right? will. Yeah, they have like a big blowout thing, if yeah. I remember correctly. Like, Which a they, lot of schools are doing. Yeah, that, they have like, like 13 or 14 and kids. Yeah. And it, yeah, it is all sports. I remember when uh, Drake and... And Isaac committed, like they did all the sports, and yep. they, you know, all yep. the, even the female. Everybody's getting a scholarship yeah. somewhere. They recognize. Them. I think Westmore does that now too. Oh, I think every school. Yeah, yeah, basically. At least ones it. that I'm just yeah. thinking of places I've been to recently. Um, but you know, and I would say this here's 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 a little thing for recruits. I know they're not really listening to the unofficial forty, but like to me, I would like I'll offer this to Peyton Bowen if he's listening, like. We'll come up and stream your announcement. We don't know where you're going to go, but stream it on your social media page. Like, it's funny to me, like, that you let other people do it for you when in the age of NIL, you need to be building your social media pages. Like, and you could do that with your announcements. It just doesn't make any sense. I think athletes should be doing that more. Uh, I mean, God, we'd love to help people nearby do that. I mean, we can't do 50 of them in a day, but, yeah, you, know, you, you, you got to big announcement you want to make and I don't know why you don't stream it on your own social media outlets and I I would imagine you'll probably start to see some of these NIL companies like in the state of Oklahoma now that you can be a high schooler and do that I think you've been able to do it in Texas no you haven't been able to do it in Texas right uh wasn't that what I thought that they were one of the first ones that said that you could but wasn't that what chased uh, Connor maybe, or uh, Ewers to Ohio right. State? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. It was California and Ohio, maybe, that were the first ones to really jump in on yeah. it. Yeah. 
Well, I guess it didn't matter at Ohio because there's states now that have it. I, there was some type of stipulation that made Ewers go do it because he was obviously graduating high school, and he had that kombucha early. deal. Yeah, but he couldn't do it if he was still in in, in the school state in, of high Texas. Sco- in high school in high school if he was still in high school. Yeah. So no, but uh, Peyton Bowen, we don't know what his announcement is going to be. Um, if it's going to be public, if it's going to be televised, whatever. Uh, but Josh, I mean. I'll just throw it to you. What's what's what what's the feeling right now? You know, I, I put something up in in woke, and then actually heard back pretty quickly from some other people that hey, you know, uh, my initial understanding was that Oklahoma was going to be the second to last in home. Um, uh, but as I talked to a few people, it sounded like I actually had that in reverse, and I, I got that from some some of my sources as well as some of the Notre Dame side of things that kind of made it sound like what's going to actually happen is Oregon's going to be in home tonight. Oregon's really trying to make a run here late at uh, at Peyton Bowen. And obviously everyone knows, you know, I, I'm their NIL capabilities, I'm sure are <laughs> not not unimpressive. So um, they are they're trying to make a run. I really don't think it's going to become anything but in these situations man you never want to you never want to say anything there's a part of me that wonders if Oregon might end up being the bigger threat down the stretch to Oklahoma than Notre Dame like I that that's kind of where I'm I'm at now Notre Dame is going to have an in-home with him with Marcus Freeman the whole crew you know they're going to throw everything they've got at him on Thursday night and then I am told Oklahoma will get the last um in-home visit now when exactly that is, is going to be a little bit interesting. And it's kind of part of some other things I'm kind of chasing on this Peyton Bowen situation. Uh, but I, again, for Oklahoma to not be the school he's committed to and get the last in home, that's usually a huge indicator of what's happening. Um, so I, I think it's a really good sign for Oklahoma. Uh, I think they've done unbelievable work like guys i mean if if you would when they got involved in january and first brought him down i thought well this is just a tremendous waste of time like this kid's going to go to Notre dame and then as you heard about his relationship with marcus freeman and his family's relationship and you're just like this is just never going to happen like oh you but they have stayed in it they fought from beginning to end and i think again another indicator that you kind of have to look at you're not seeing OU make a bunch of safety offers. Like we talked about the offer to, uh, to Chance Fitzgerald, uh, the wide receiver. You're not seeing that at safety. They're not going crazy or doing anything wild. Like they are, they've, they've had some chances, guys like Rant and Fawnett and some other safeties they could have gone after. They chose not to. And I, I think that is telling of where they see things right now. I had a buddy the other day just kind of mentioned in passing it's like this staff has kind of recruited their ass off here over the last couple couple months and especially when you throw in the fact that you know on the field wasn't terribly great uh if you know not only could Colton Vasek truly be the only guy out of this group that you really go yeah you wish you would have had him but then you rebound and you get Akana you're able to close with Peyton Bowen able to get a couple more guys and then see what they do in the portal it's it's really kind of I don't know. It's kind of amazing in a way that they've been able to salvage this thing so well. For for your first full class, like if if, if OU fans were told, hey, you're going to get a couple of, you know, top 50 defenders, you're going to sign the, be- the best defensive class OU signed in 15 years, and you're still going to get a five-star quarterback, like 
what what are we talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah. yes, like oh, every OU fan would have signed off on that. And for them to do it while going six and six, you're like, man, if they can just figure this out on the field and get every get all their ducks in a row, which you talk to people and there is a steadfast confidence. Like you don't hear any, oh, we've got like there's no reinventing the wheel. That's not what I get. So I think it's really interesting to hear all of that. And then if, like I said, if you get to go out and you put out even nine and three, ten and two next year, just show progress. Like, I think everybody's like, oh, uh, okay. And then, you know, you look at the in-state defensive line class. I mean, if you just cleaned up in-state with Danny Okoye, Zadavian Sims, and, you know, if you do or don't want to include David Stone in that conversation, however you want to look at him, I mean, that that's the best defensive line class OU would have signed in a long time, just with those three right there. Because Okoye is going to end up a top 100 guy. People just need to get their minds right about that. That is coming. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, so there is, uh, you know, two, two top 100 guys that were, you know, born and raised in the state of Oklahoma. Like that is, that's just something you have to take advantage of. You can't screw around with that. And then still kicking tired with David Hicks, or do you think that one's really starting to fall? No, I, I believe I'm trying to remember the date it's tonight or tomorrow night. I, all these in-home visits run together. They'll be in home with Hicks. Um, and it, again, it'll be Venables, Todd Bates, the, you know, they're going to give the, again, the, the full, the full pitch. Now, you know, again, they're coming in on Wednesday, Thursday. I, I think we can recognize that Oklahoma is the outsider on this right now. It sounds like right now the momentum's kind of with Oregon, like maybe they're making a real run. So maybe OU fans won't have to watch him go to Texas A&M. I don't know if that makes it better or worse. But I, I would say OU's probably the third most likely right now. Um, there's been some talk that maybe he would sneak up to campus. I don't think that's going to happen. So, and if not, then I, I just, I don't see how that comes together. And it just sounds like, you know, A&M, Oregon, uh, you know, I don't know how to say it other than, you know, just kind of doing A&M and Oregon things. If, if Oregon was... <laughs> Mike, in Kansas, people would hate Man. them with so much more uh, just real passion oh, yeah. than they do now. It's like, yeah, they're out on the West Coast. Who cares? Like, it seems like Oregon just cleans up this time of the year. And I think, you know, the reasons out there are probably pretty obvious. Well, that's why Jeremiah Cradell was such a huge win back in the day. Like, sure. Because Oregon usually closes like a freight train. And it's sure. like you said it's not rocket science figuring out why, especially now. Cause again, I'm not even, you know, like I, I know the way I said that comes off bad guys. We've said it over and over again. It's legal, man. Do what you do. Like I, I don't, I'm not judging anybody. Like it's part of the game. If you don't want to play, then that that's on you. Um, but Oregon and so many more than I would say more than any school that's not in the sec, save Clemson operates like an sec program. Yeah. Like they, they are about winning. They don't really care what it looks like. They don't care what you think of them. They want to win, and that's what takes priority over everything else. It's looking, impressive. I like it. Look, Hats off to them. Looking ahead to this weekend. We know last weekend was the banquet. Brought a lot of commits in. The McCullough boys. What's, what's the vibe you're getting from what this weekend's supposed to be about? Again, I think it's going to be – the one that I know is Marcus Strong, the defensive lineman from Florida. Uh, I think Oklahoma's in great shape there. 
Um, I, and I need to, I, honestly, I need to check back with Marcus Strong. But unless Oklahoma suddenly feels like they're going to get David Hicks, I don't know why, how in the world they'd say no to a 6'5", 280 guy that can move like Marcus Strong can. So um, I, I think he's he's in. To me, he's in even if David Hicks is in because you just need big bodies that are athletic like that. Um, but there is a chance of, uh, we, you know, we talked about Micah Tease and Chance Fitzgerald. Wouldn't shock me if both of those guys came in, one or the other. I think that's all in play. Um, and then I think you're going to see some some portal guys. Like I, I'm kind of keeping an eye on Jeremiah Byers, the UTEP offensive lineman that I know has had some interest. Went down to Florida State last weekend. I think it was a big win for OU and a couple other schools that he didn't commit while he was there. You know, we saw uh, Jaheim Bell committed. You know, there's there a Florida State had a good opening weekend mm-hmm. uh, with the portal and guys. That's the thing you're seeing more than anything else right now in the portal. Be the first visit because most of these guys, they take one or two visits and it's done. So don't fart around. Try to be the last one. Most of these guys have done it, man. They don't need to do all the recruiting (laughs) stuff. They want to see that you're, you got your, your ducks in a row. They're going to get taken care of with NIL. And there's a, there's a position for them on the field. Like that's, it's not that complicated. So, um, I, I think that is that's going to be big, and like I said, I there's a chance that Jeremiah Byers comes in. I'm hoping to have a more complete list by Friday, obviously, but it the, I, I would expect at least you know a handful of portal guys this weekend. All right, everybody satisfied with that? Any any? Uh, I mean, I you're, want to talk about the basketball stuff, but yeah, we'll get to basketball. Uh, your boy has done it again. Out of I, out of the nil. Uh, Miami considerations. John South Ruiz? Carolina quarterback Spencer Rattler oh, has yet what? to make a decision on his NFL future. But in the meantime, he's cashing in major on his major NIL brand. He has inked a partnership with Dick Dyer Mercedes Benz. He's back in the car game. He doesn't have enough cars. <laughs> I respect the move. Oh my God. He just can, he, he has, <laughs> he's like Mercedes and then announce. Why he has like three a- or four cars in front of his house at all times. He has to. <laughs> He needs to be doing like Rolex deals, something that holds their value. It's a pretty sweet Mercedes, though. I will say that. Yeah, that is an upgrade from, I'm sorry. I mean, Dodge Chargers are cool and all, and so are trucks, but you get a Mercedes, you get a Mercedes. Yeah. I don't get, I, and, and I want to say this. I have two Dodge Chrysler Jeep vehicles in my, in, in my, under my garage. So this is no dish at the, this at the maker. I don't understand the Dodge Charger fascination. Like I don't get it. Like I don't know why that's such a popular car. It never. It's. It, it never makes sense to me. It's kind of to me a little. It, like this is where we get into offending people because they have you know cars or whatever. But like the Challenger to me is the most popular one. Like you look, a lot of football players drive Challengers, and I remember <laughs> Pat Fields. His his Challenger was so beat up he had wrecked it somehow. It's kind of like Eddie Junior driving around a car with stuff hanging off of it. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, just big dents in them. Um, every car you've ever had has had a big, giant dent. The new one will not. Until I put one in. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I I don't... I mean, like, the demons and the Hellcats and all that stuff, I think that's what people get fascinated with. Just they're, you, could, you have a very large engine in them, and they're not, you know, they're not extravagant cars. They're built around an engine, basically. I like the challengers and those Hellcats like that. will if you're sitting next to one of those, like just idling, it will vibrate your car. Like it yeah. is, those yeah. are serious meat wagons. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. But but he got he got a truck and a a charger. I, I think he from Fowler. When, yeah, when he was here, right? Okay. And from what yeah. I was told, he, he got the cars because do you like, keep the, those? Well, the car dealers, from what I'm told, like nil, like they it's there's too much liability for them to just give them a lease on a mm -hmm. car. So they just have to give them the car. Wow. That's amazing. So <laughs> you could like, so like Jocelyn Allo, Allo, she just got that, that uh, Toyota Range Rover or whatever, or uh, what, Range Runner. Is that what those are called? Ridge? I don't know. Would you be able to like, so if they just give you that car and you drove, you drove it for the semester or whatever, but you kept the car, could you just sell it? Sell it? Yeah. Turn around yeah. and sell that It's sucker? your car. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, he probably sold those cars that Fowler gave him before he left. I have no idea. I don't. I guess, yeah. If he yeah. owns them, might as well. Or I and guess you could drive it around until you get, get some out there. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. I, and I mean, didn't God didn't, bless this country? Yours uh, get a big truck when he was at Ohio State. I don't remember. Like one of those big, like ninety thousand dollars jacked I mean, he up. He counts from Southlake. It's not like he's yeah, probably. Burton. But well, I'm saying a dealer. I yeah, think, gave sure. Him a truck. Sure. I don't know. That's amazing. But the thing, like, I had someone call me the other day asking, like, hey, do you know any football players that would be good to, to uh, you know, do represent our... <laughs> well, that's what they're kind of doing. Uh, to represent, you know, a car dealer. And I was like, oh, I'll get back to you. So, I mean, they want... they. I mean, I saw the commercial with Jalil Farouk and yeah. Uh, yeah, Gilliam right? and uh, <laughs> yeah. who was the other guy on that? It was all the DC guys because they're all... They, they had a firm, you could tell, like, that repped them. That got them all deals local. I think it was Kia. Was it? Was it is it Kalidi? Kia? I think it's Kalidi Kia. Is it Kalidi? I I thought it might have been one of the uh, guys out of Purcell or something. I don't know. I, I don't it was know. a slick commercial. You watch. I watch commercials and then I don't even know what they are. Like I don't even. I don't way. take in the information. I I. I just know I got a press I've release from Kalidi Kia about sponsoring OU players. Okay. I think it was. Maybe them. it was then. Though mm. so, I yeah I mean. I don't know how we got off of that tangent, but um, no, but uh, Spencer Rattler. Oh yeah, Spencer Rattler. Yeah, so <laughs> that's he got a car without saying that he was even going to be there next year. Yeah, it's beautiful. Now by the way, he got it. Now he's announced. What's going on at South Carolina? Like it that just is seems strange like for all that momentum. Beamers just like losing guys left and right, and it doesn't make any sense. I mean, yeah, they lose recently a linebacker maybe. They lost the running back. The running oh, back. Yeah. Running Lloyd. Back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Marshawn Lloyd. He's really good. Yep. Huh. Yeah. They lost their tight ends, Bell and Stogner. Stogner needs to give Lloyd a shout for OU. wonder if they were. Boys. Yeah. Think about what that could mean to that running back room. Just oh, having a guy shit. with that kind yeah. of. Yeah. But I don't. Have you checked, Bob? Has there been any follows by the coaching staff with him? I've been checking Brent, and Brent's been very busy with underclassman he hasn't done as many transfer follows this week compared to he was hitting it hard last uh, last week not not so much through the first first part of this this one i don't know what lloyd's seems like his uh twitter handle was kind of one of those all over the place things trying to see what demarco's followed lately investigation on the pod <laughs> Late breaking news. We need a little teletype. He's only following 348 people. I don't see him unless he's been following him for a long time. No. I love those guys. Like, I love the people that only follow so many because you can tell, like, if they follow someone, it means something. Like, it's not well, just. A... What? He follows me? Hmm. Who does? DeMarco? 
Huh. No. Name drop. <laughs> he doesn't follow. It's, no, he didn't follow me. I don't know. Okay, sorry. So the uh, the basketball thing, I put that up on the board. Um, Bob, I, I mean, I, I thought it was interesting because the first year, I don't know if you asked him or somebody asked Porter, but he was kind of like, Oh, yeah, he, we need a new arena. You asked well, him. It was you, Bob. He was fired up about it. He's like, wait for the off season, and we never got around to that off season. <laughs> like, and that's why I would love to ask him even this week. I just he's not wired like that to go big picture. He wants to talk about the opponent only, or what his guys are during doing, the season, or what his guys are doing to get better. It's a, it's obviously a fantastic issue for him to address and we you kind of need to know what he thinks too but i don't know if he'll do that during the season well and, and so what happened was uh the city of norman you don't want to ask him about uh a job he interviewed for 25 years ago or something who did that? that's a that's a little inside inside joke who did that uh one of the student reporters oh, okay. which was fine but it was like at the beginning of the week and they had a game in between He's like, I'll come back and answer it. Yeah, he, he asked him Monday the the when they played Kansas City Tuesday. It was before the Arkansas, because he interviewed for the Arkansas job when he was at Little Rock. Oh, okay. It, just a little fun. We're, uh, having, we're having a goof. <laughs> so what's happening is they had this kind of idea earlier, and uh, it didn't end up going yeah, like, anywhere. Was it three, four, five years ago? Yeah, it was. It would have been like right after Trey Young. It was like, yeah, right, in the um, height of Trey. Yeah. Uh, but so what it is, is U- university North park is the new kind of shopping place. It's, uh, on third 24th or 36th, 24th, uh, yeah. uh, 24th between, uh, uh, Robinson and Tecumseh. And it's all that area. That's like, uh, where, the, where the big target is now. And a lot of stuff has moved over there. Let's put a hideaway there instead of Zio's. Yeah. yeah. I saw I like that, that the other yeah. day. Uh, so yeah, you don't have to come to Campus Corner just to go to Hideaway in Norman anymore, um, and so they're building all this stuff out there. And there's also Rock Creek, which is between Tecumseh and and Robinson, but you can't get off the highway on Tecumseh. It's just a bridge over the highway. Uh, so it would be that area just north of of Rock Creek. Uh, that is vacant right now. I think there's yeah. some apartments that have been built to the east right. of over, where that yeah. would be. Yeah. The other it's side, really easy to see. Like Caleb Williams lived over there. Rock right? Creek on. Yeah. Like That's that. where that was? Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's north of Rock Creek, you know, further south of Tecumseh, um, but they would build like an entertainment district uh, with an arena attached to it. Uh, and so they've, you know, they, they brought it in, you know, they brought it up, and that was when there was a bunch of political BS going on in Norman uh, between, you know, the mayor and a couple of a, a different group, and um, it all just kind of became a big, stupid political war, and it just ended. Well, now OU and the city have gotten together, which the city wasn't involved the first time around, uh, and the OU Foundation is involved, the, uh, the Chamber of Commerce for Norman is involved, and they're right now doing surveys, you know, with, with season ticket holders, with uh, other people, you know, mainly season ticket holders, sending out saying, would you, would you be in favor of this type of arrangement? And so they're, they're just getting the survey to find out what fans would want, uh, you know, what they would be interested in, what they would want to see. Uh, even would they rather just re- renovate 
you know, right, Lloyd Noble Center. There's nothing being done to Lloyd Noble. Like all the stuff that happened at the border regions from it's all it's more about like practice facilities stuff. It's and nothing, the women spe- specifically, yes, right? It's yeah. not anything at all about the actual arena. Wanted to clear that up. And so like they're gonna take in all this information, uh, and you know, how it gets paid for, who pays for it, you know, is it is it private and you know, and public, like we don't know, and, and OU doesn't know. They're just trying to gather information, but it is a launch to do something arena-wise that they feel is feasible uh, going in. And you know what? If the fans come back and the survey comes back and says, we don't want something off campus, we want you to renovate Lloyd Noble, they'll come back and say, okay, we'll put together the plan. And they've got a, a master plan for Lloyd Noble already, um, but they'll just then they'll announce that and say, we're going to you know, put together a campaign to, to, to re- renovate Lloyd Noble. Eddie, do we need to put to bed McCaslin? Yes, please do. Yeah, I mean, I, I've actually had a couple conversations with people, and it just it, it's, it wouldn't be able to be a permanent home unless you're going to dip millions and millions of dollars into the facility because the building's so old. I, you know, I, I know that they've had scrimmages there in the past for basketball. and They played as, games there. Yeah, I mean, like as cool as it is. Buddy was here, they played a game there. Yeah, I think it was a scrimmage against uh, like OCCC, or, or not OCCC, but... Uh, not Oklahoma Christian. It was one of the Oklahoma city schools. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, uh, small college stuff. But like you can't, I think they only had like 4,000 people there. Like you can't, as, as low as the attendance is over at the Lloyd Noble Center, you can still get more people over there than you would inside of uh, McCaslin. And it's just not feasible for them to be able to make that a permanent home. I think it'd be cool to play a couple games over there every once in a while. Uh, you know, maybe do some type of like throwback game over there. I think that would be cool. Uh, maybe even limit attendance to students only or something. I know that there's some schools that have done that before. It's just not, it, it wouldn't be good for the program to move all of your home games over to McCaslin Fieldhouse. That's why I think like this University North Park thing, not only would OU's basketball program, uh, you know, both men's men and, and women, women yeah. benefit from it, but the city of Norwood would benefit from it. You could have tournaments over there. Uh, you could have state tournaments over there, state championship games. It could be the permanent home for the OSSAA as far as basketball, maybe even volleyball over there as well. So I think well, it's a win-win. The it's, there's all kinds of arguments about it. Like People are like, oh, we don't have money for that. We need to spend money on other things. Like If you build an entertainment district, though, that's going to be generating more money, more I think taxes. It, and- it seems like a no-brainer to me, but then again, st- when this, I thought it was a no-brainer the first time around. Right, and it didn't even come and close no, to getting it traction. Wasn't, no, there, there mm. were not people interested in it. Hopefully, people realize that something needs to be done. They can't continue playing uh, at the Lloyd Noble Center. It just, it is, I, I'm kind of done with it. Like after last Tuesday night against Kansas City, <sighs> rough. that was kind of a low point, I thought, just as far as the atmosphere. You just wait until really, Saturday. It really wait hit. Wait Saturday. It really hit in the stomach. Like this is not, this is not a good option. And I think that like even more so now watching college basketball and seeing what they're doing down in, in Austin and at the Moody Center. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's awesome. It is an awesome facility. And the best part about it is, you don't have to build a fifteen thousand uh, seat arena no, no. anymore. That's the the new the wave Houston, is what Texas Houston's and got Baylor 8, 000, have done. I think, and they renovated yeah. their facility inside. Was it a renovation? That was a or full was it reno- ground up. It was a full renovation inside uh, their old facility. I okay. believe. I think. I think sure. that they just gutted it, and you could maybe do that at, at Lloyd Noble. I I like the entertainment aspect of it, from like restaurants and bars being around it. 
Um, and you know, the other thing is, is I've talked to a lot of people that they have kids Tuesday night driving all the way down to highway nine to get off, to go to the Lloyd Noble center. And it's is the j- highway nine. Thing. It's a it bitch. Is highway it nine. is a yeah. bitch yep. to get over there. <laughs> if you had something right off the highway, more in Oklahoma city, like the drive from Oklahoma city to Norman nowadays, that's basically one big city. Like you're kind of, it yeah. has a little bit of a Frisco vibe. As you don't far know as when like, you're in South Oklahoma right, city versus like, in You Moore. used to be able to go like, okay, I'm in South Oklahoma city. Okay. I'm in Moore. Okay. I'm in Norman there. And it's all kind of blended together. Uh, and you know, it's, it's for the better. Obviously there's more people that are coming down. I think that they would get a bunch of foot traffic for people coming in that want to get that trip into North Norman and not have to go all the way. I mean, you're talking about, 15, 20 minutes and you know, with kids yes. and stuff like Easy. sometimes you just don't want to mess with it. There's a lot of things like, you know, on campus that I get kind of nostalgic. Like it's not here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I will never say, man, I miss the Lloyd Noble center. Like no. I will never say, and I will never I'll miss say the times in there. I, and I will never say, man, I wish it, I, I wish the nostalgia, I miss the nostalgia of the West side stands and the football. Sure. I'll never say that. Sure. Oh, and here's the other thing. Like, everybody wants it on campus, and they use the Lloyd Noble Center as, I guess, an example in a way. Like, Lloyd Noble Center is not anywhere near campus. Let's not act like it is on <laughs> campus. It's, it's it's slightly connected. It's on campus, but it's still a bitch to get over there. I, I think that a new arena would bring some excitement from people that, if nothing else, they just want to go see it. And yeah. maybe you do you start playing better, and obviously we can get to the on-court stuff. But, but you're that would have give have you a, something. A even, reason to get down there. That'd give you something even over like Chesapeake. Or now it's Paycom. But like, there's not bars built, you know, specifically around Paycom. I yet. mean, you have to walk not a yet. little bit. Not well, yet. Well, when they <laughs> redo the new one, <laughs> I, I think mean. that. Well, but yeah, sure. If they don't build if the new one, though, the, I think that there's Fred an Jones parking lot entertainment you know, district that's gonna be built around that area as well. Will it bring the McQuistron family to Norman for basketball? No, you know that's not happening. Probably not. I think he's... No. No. Just making sure you were still there. Yeah, no, it it, it was a status check. No, I hear you. I think it's a no-brainer, though. I really do. I mean, the problem is they need a new arena, and they've... It's so far down on the list of priorities. Yes. It always has when been. You look it's at, got pushed to the back burner, and right. people now want you're getting softball. softball. Bingo! Yeah. Yep. I mean, they built two softball stadiums since since the LNC was renovated. I mean, it's never going to get done if you don't do it now. Yeah. Like, and if you can get the, and I, that's why OU's got the city involved. Is they want a partner to help them get this done because they can't get it done. And on I think own. it's smart. I think it's smart to get the city involved because they Norman and especially if they really want to push that North Park area, it could really benefit from having something up that way. And you know, I mean, it is. I think for small businesses, uh, you know, growing businesses like Norman's a tough community uh, for people to live in. Like, there's. It's is it's growing, but like housing, housing is getting more and more expensive. Like you can't, my house is like almost a third more valuable than when I bought it, and that's like right. in fifteen years. Yep. Like it's the the housing prices are way up. Like you just can't, you know. When we have people, you know, we've had people come in here and search for apartments and stuff. Like even finding an apartment, in Norman, is a nightmare, and yeah. it's super expensive. And like you look over here on campus, have you seen what they're doing on Boyd? 
Like those Where? giant oh, ass yeah, town yeah, yeah, yeah. right before the railroad tracks. Yeah, like everything. If you haven't been to Norman in they're the last, doing, they're yeah. building 15, these two giant years. townhouses. Yeah. In yep. this got this. It looks like it looks like the little up house. Yeah, like in between it now, and it's it was just a recently refurbished deal. Everything basically. Everything, on is everything basically northeast of Campus Corner now has turned into the most untapped like yeah. housing market. Yeah. Just go down Jenkins and go down Jenkins, rebuilt homes and just keep going to downtown. And you realize like, oh, God, this place is totally different now. If you haven't been here even five years, uh, two years, I don't think you would recognize some of the stuff that is like, you know, further, even further northeast over by the train tracks. Actually, the house that you lived in right over here. Oh, uh, it's 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 going to hold be the up house. It's going to hold strong. (laughs) They're holding strong over there. It's like the uh, (laughs) it's like the house that was uh, built in Detroit that they wouldn't sell when they uh, rebuilt all the projects up there. And it's like it's just in the middle of this business district now. I think it's in Baltimore, Baltimore, Detroit. I think you've seen the movie. Up. That's that's exact. That's no, I have no first idea. Thing that was going through my head. I have no up. idea what that is. <laughs> I've heard of it. Uh, well, that's just, the old man lives in the house. His wife dies, and he's. You, I'm not houses. selling. Yeah. So. No, but I, you know, we'll Stephen see. Pickens would just run that thing over with yeah, a bulldozer would. and just say, "Oops, I'm what a sorry. hero!" Yeah. Uh, no, but you know, we'll see where this goes. It's a survey as of now, but OU wants to pursue this. They're going to keep putting uh, energy into this to see if they can get interest from the community. So we'll see where it goes. All right. Um, been quite a pod today. Yeah. Um, good uh, one. Any on the court stuff, Oklahoma coming off of a 78, 68 uh, yeah. loss to, uh, so 88, 78 loss to, uh, Arkansas. They played well for, a, they for, played a, for well a half. For a half. I thought the game turned, uh, when Shurfield came out with four fifty two in the first half, it did. all of a sudden they went up from up five, I think down three at half. Yeah, and then Musselman t- talked about what they changed with their defense on Sherfield in the second half, and they just put him through the ringer. That was like the hardest 23 points you're going to see. He, I think Arkansas is really, he really good, He had to too. work for it, and, and now they know what elite looks like for this season. Arkansas, it's going to be hard for me not to like make a future bet on them to get to at least the Final Four. They're yeah. a really good team. And so now you know, it's like Los brought it. Sherfield brought it. No one else did. So now you know, okay, this is the level you have to play at to contend, to be at the highest of the highs, and what we're going to need you to get to throughout the next, you know, one to two months. Obviously, like, I think they're a team that's going to play to their competition a lot, and that that gets annoying and frustrating for fans. Like, Central Arkansas Saturday, I'm expecting that to be a dud. I'm expecting them to win, but to just kind of grind it out. And then they've got one more chance against Florida Tuesday in Charlotte to really move that needle. And you know you can't just always play close in these games. Eventually, you got to win some. Yeah, that that Arkansas game that was like that's kind of like watching like when Duke you know, their heyday goes up or North Carolina goes up against a, a you know a small not a small but you know like a mid major or something like it just felt that way like let them hang let them hang around for the first half and yeah, then okay we're done here Man, they, so much they took control that first five minutes of the second half and you knew it just like OU doesn't have the firepower to to get back in and they're not going to have the defensive stands to get back in like by the fourteen minute mark you knew and it never got with closer than nine from the fourteen minute mark on. Just a comfortable margin for the Hawks. Yeah. Entire way. All right, uh, Josh, you can wake up now. Um, we're just about done. Um, you can get ready for the World Cup. Yeah, ready for the World Cup, doing a little Christmas shopping while we're talking basketball. <laughs> I'm getting it all done. <laughs> 
All right, Josh. When, by the way, it was, it was, I don't know. I mean, we hadn't mentioned Mike Leach uh, at all. Sad, uh, man. I, you know, it's I think it's shocking. It's such a weird thing because, like, I started covering the team, like, right after he left. Oh, uh, you know, it, it, that first year, I wasn't, I was just getting into my new job. I, I want to say when Bob was hired that spring, it was still just boomersooner.net. That was my life. Um, and then I got hired by Sooners Illustrated or bought out by Sooners Illustrated uh, after that first year. Um, you were sharing a two-bedroom with James Hale, right? <laughs> no. I <laughs> oh, was, I th- I've, I've misunderstood that. That's my fault. Uh, no, that's never happened. Um, and, and so then my first year was really the year after Leach left, so I didn't really get to know him. I will say this. I'm kind of glad of that because he would have ruined me for all other coaches after. Yes. Uh, just just because he was is just so uh, hilarious and funny and um yeah it, you know but just looking at his legacy and the coaches that you know spawned out of Texas like, like Morris getting hired yesterday. Yeah, Morris got hired yesterday. I mean, uh, but you know he's got an NFL coach in Cliff Kingsbury, even though he's not done well. Uh, but. I mean, Dana Holgerson and, it, and Lincoln Riley. and uh, um, The branches of his coaching tree are just incredible. And, I, three oh, yeah. of the top five uh, Heisman vote-getters this year were coached by disciples of Mike Leach and yeah. Josh Heupel, Lincoln Riley, and uh, who's the third one? I completely forgot. Josh Heupel? Uh, well, who are the... Oh, Sonny Dykes. Sonny Dykes. Sonny Dykes, Dykes yeah. My apologies to the Dykes faction. Yeah, then Sonny Dykes, obviously a, a big part of that tree as well. But, sure. I mean... Just a guy that revolutionized the sport as much as anybody has in the history of college football. Yeah, it's crazy. I when I heard the news Sunday, I almost thought it was just something really minor. Like I didn't think it was gonna. When they said personal health issue, like, yeah, oh, like okay, all right. well, it's one of those things He'll that's like, oh my week. gosh, did he have a little heart attack? And you know, he's yeah. gonna get some stints put in, and yeah. he'll be okay. Like that's what you always hope for. And then boom. Yeah, I think as soon as like Sunday evening rolled around, and I can't remember who the guy was that was basically like he's going to need a miracle that was like oh shit like this is insane and for it to happen and you know I think Ross Dellinger pointed it out too for him to be the first uh, acting head football coach that has died while still being the head coach and it's still being within season in a way with the team getting ready for the bowl game I don't know it just seems like it's something that is so unusual you're never really ready for something like that although the Randy Walker thing I couldn't believe that it's been 16 years. I felt like that was like eight years ago or something that he uh, died while the head coach over at uh, Northwestern. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was the last head co- acting head coach to, to die uh, to die while still being a head coach. It's crazy, but it is cool that uh, you know. Obviously, all the stories on social media have been unbelievable. Uh, Dylan Buckingham actually showed me this morning that they showed uh, last night on. Uh, KFOR Sports uh, video of they were at practice. The great Tim Money was at practice. Him and Van Shea the day that Mike Leach is informing Josh Heupel that he's going to leave to go to Tech in 99. Oh, yeah. Or in Oof. 2000. And the video is pretty cool. I retweeted it. <laughs> it's it's just like, hey, being at practice to see something like that is insane. And then, uh, you know, just be that they still had it. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, just I remember going to those spring practices and, and watching Josh Heupel throw it around. And I want to say that uh, Jake Seals was still there for that spring. King. Um, and you just watched Josh Heupel and, and you were like, I don't know. I mean, 
it looks okay, I guess. Like, you just didn't know what to expect. And, and for him to be at Oklahoma for one year, I mean, think about that. Him to be at Oklahoma for one year and then to produce a national championship the next after he left, but to give, you know, Josh Heifel mm-hmm. the reins. And he was as big a part of turning things around as anybody else was. It says a lot about Mike Leach and just the impact that he had on people around here, too, especially considering he was only here for that one year. Right. Like you, the way that he's, he's revered, talked, yeah, you would think five, that. Five, ten years. Yeah, yeah, sure. Did you, did you see uh, George Stoya's tweet about <laughs> that? Yeah, so that's just yeah. incredible. Um, yeah, about uh, his dad being at practice. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, his dad was at practice and uh, the, all the coaches. I remember this back in those days. They would run back, uh, you know, from the practice fields to, and they were practicing at the intramurals um, early where they have summer camps and stuff. Um, But uh, so the coaches would just run back to campus and George Stoy's dad uh, asked like, um, do you want a ride? And and Mike was like, yeah, I'll take a ride if you got one. And so like talked his ear off for an hour and, Went on all this stuff and, and was telling about, you know, families should live in apartments and it's good because he lives in this place. He's got a pool and do laundry and other kids are running around. Uh, and so after an hour, he was like, well, it's great to meet you. And I don't know if George's dad is named George, too. Yeah, it is because he's George Story the third. Right. So no, I think uh, his dad's name is Sam. Maybe I don't know. I should probably know that. I think his Twitter page says George okay. Story the third. That's my fault. Then. You're the third. You, you third should stick together. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, I guess George had called uh, Mike about the story he was working on. Uh, I don't know if it was for the Denver. He, he covers the Broncos now. Um, but he, at the end of the call, he said, hey, I know you're probably not going to remember this, but you, my dad gave you a, a, a ride home you know, from practice back. In, or you talked to my dad back in 1999 uh, after a practice and, and – and that was the end of it. And Mike Leach's response was something like, tell your dad thanks for the ride or something like that. Like he, there's been con- some confirming he, he incredible stories yeah. from just, and the thing about it is that every one of them's true. Like, yeah. you yeah. know what I mean? Well, like, yeah. And the thing, every like, one of tales. them, there, are, yeah. there is none. We had Bob on this morning. I actually got off a of vacation because I texted with Bob yesterday. He's like, Hey, you want me to come on the show? I was like, well, I'm on vacation, but I'll jump on with you. Just um, back up, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm on vacation, man. Uh, no, but so I was on, and I was telling him this story. Like, I'll give I'll give Lincoln Riley some credit. He had some great uh, uh, Mike Leach stories. But you guys probably remember this one. Uh, he was talking about they were sitting in in uh, their room and they worked. You know, he had a desk in his Mike Leach's office, I guess. Yeah. And uh, so the phone rings and Mike Leach picks it up and they get into this really long conversation. He can remember some of the things that were being said. I can't now. Uh, but talked to the guy for about 30 minutes and he's like, well, it was great talking to you. Uh, hope, hope everything goes well. And, and, and you'd be well or something. Well, no, he, he hung up the phone and then they Mike got disconnected like, or they got, disconnect- they got disconnected. Or was that it? Yeah. And then he called him back, right? He calls him back. Yeah. Uh, Talks from, for like 20 more minutes. Yeah. And then he finally hangs up and Lincoln, in Lincoln goes, who was that? And he goes, I don't know. Wrong number. Yeah. <laughs> He called back the wrong number and talked to him for 50 minutes. It's unbelievable. Only, only I mean, that, Mike Leach. That's the guy following the raccoon into the woods to see oh, where yeah. he'd go. You know, that, like that kind of crap. Like, Just completely bizarre. Did you, guys, did you see Rob Cassidy's tweet about his interaction with Mike? I thought that was amazing. I didn't see that. No, mm. I didn't. So 
he, he was talking about uh, this podcast that he used to have with Woody Womack and, you know, it was a couple other guys that were all on it. And they had Leach on one time. And so after it's over, they're just kind of BSing with Leach a little bit. And he mentions that he's going to Key West, uh, you know, with his family or something. And Mike goes, oh, okay, okay, you got to go to this place, this place, this place. And he said he also calls the bartender at one of the places. And is like, hey, this guy, Rob Cassidy, is coming down. Rob said he paid for almost nothing on the whole trip. Holy shit. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. It, it was like, who does that? It was somewhere in uh, Key West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because I mean, um, I know I was listening to Andy Staples' podcast, and he was talking about uh, g- being down. Like one night, he spent with Mike and Key West, and apparently, it got pretty interesting. Um, you know, they they shut down the bars, kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, I think Captain just, Tony's know, like, was his place down there. Yeah, that's like, where they had like just, his, he has his own bench or his own stool and stuff. Because, I mean, like, how many coaches in college football would let a media guy, especially right. a guy with a huge microphone like Andy Staples, see them like that? Yeah. Like, see them oh, sure. in their element. Like, that that's – he didn't tr- – like, he was generally just – like, the human experience interested Mike Leach. And I always thought that was really cool about him. Yeah, and that, that, the whole way that everything ended at Tech, I mean, that was just, like, mm-hmm. it's so terrible. Yeah. I mean, with everything that he's done and – you know, I mean, it, I I don't necessarily think like I don't I could be wrong, but like I don't think tech fans ever hated him. It was just him no, it was the, him and the administration, in the front yeah, right, yeah, yeah. The administration, and, and some office. of the donors. But yeah, like the administration just couldn't stand him. I mean, they they got to a well, and it was the whole. I could see how the Adam, that attitude and the Adam, uh, what's his name, James, uh, James, James, yeah, but, whose father allegedly killed some prostitutes, right? <laughs> well, did you <laughs> guys, see that he you think signed that, that guy happened today? Like a successful coach versus an administrator, the administrator loses every time sure. in today's yeah. world, right? Mm-hmm. It just shows you that it was it was it was administration wide. Like when it happens to where you I, you you alienate your entire administration and president probably as mm-hmm. well. Like that's how that happens. By the way, did you see that someone showed that they had a signed uh, book, uh, the Swing Your Sword book from Mike Leach, and it said. Uh, uh, GJK5H on it. Yeah, what did that mean? Greg James killed five hookers. <laughs> <laughs> or CJ. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Because I saw that uh, some some uh, people down in TCU had printed shirts with that. Oh, really? And I, I was like, I have Greg no James idea what that means. Five hookers, yeah. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. <laughs> But I guess he would sign some of his books that way. That I mean, just oh, he's that's unbelievable. Amazing. The uh, the the Blake Lawrence story that he tweeted out was pretty good. Do you remember him? The uh, quarterback was it a quarterback? I guess he was twenty. God, he would have been maybe two thousand. What year would Leach have been down there from? Two thousand seven is what okay. I'm seeing. Is uh, for Blake Lawrence? Yeah. Okay. Names. I think he ended up signing with Nebraska. Uh Uh, He did. He did. I'm looking at his page right now. But he, he, you know, had like an eight or nine tweet thread just about his first time he met him and on his recruiting visit. Like he walks into Leach's office and Leach is just sitting there. Doesn't say anything to him. Makes him uh, do it. He's like, Blake, you want to do a magic trick? And he (laughs) separates all the cards from red to black. And he's like, you know, if, if you pick this right and all the and all the cards are red and all the cards are black, you have to commit to, to Texas Tech. Uh-huh. And, of course, he goes through the magic trick. He does it. 
all some all, some are some are all black, some are all red, and uh, it was just it was a beautiful story. I'll I'll try to link it in the uh, in the thread. I think that are we ready to go? Uh, yeah, someone just yeah. walked in the office, so I guess it's a good time to end it. Lincoln Riley is here. <laughs> hey, Lincoln. <laughs> All right, uh, mule shoe. <laughs> that is going to do it for uh, this week's episode of the Unofficial Forty Podcast. Uh, we'll be back again next week for another edition. I just said it of the Unofficial Forty Podcast right here <laughs> on SiriusScoop.com.